It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim, coming to us from somewhere in North America. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Well, this week on the podcast, we talk about two films we saw in cinemas, a shit ton of docs we saw at Cuff Docs Fest, Open Rage, The List, Rage or Dare, and then we look forward to next weekend, as I'm sure there will be a ton of great films coming to theaters. Probably not. Probably not. Exactly. Well, what did we see in theater? Well, Jim, we got an extra special presentation of Zappa. It was part of the uh, Calgary Underground Film Festival, The Docks. Um, yeah, originally it was supposed to be their opening gala. Unfortunately, plans change, but they were still able to show it in cinema by, uh, uh, showing it at the old globe. So it was nice to get out there. Yes, it was. Yes. So this was a pretty cool look into the life and the music of Frank Zappa. It was a pretty objective look at Zappa, highlighting a lot of the good without shying away from the bad. Zappa was a musical genius, but in this pursuit of the perfect perfect performance he was also kind of a dick for all the good he did in his life to benefit the planet he was also a terrible husband and father this was a pretty ambitious doc as it squeezes zappa's entire life from his youth to his death into a couple of hours we get to know the man and are able to decide for ourselves what we think of him the one thing that however cannot be argued is that zappa had an original voice and his genius will live on forever in his music the film showed us the good the bad and the ugly as it pertains to Frank Zappa. Zappa the man was sometimes Mondo and sometimes he would make you rage. But Zappa the film was just Mondo. Oh. So, I have always loved Zappa's music and have completely been in love with the weirdness that is Zappa pretty much my whole life. We talk about focus as a main driver in great docs. Well, this was right out the window with Zappa. Yep. With its creepy overlay edits and heavily drug-influenced montage weirdness, the psychedelic weirdness is heavy through the entire beginning of the film and then settled into itself at about halfway through the film. Just as the doc took new direction as Zappa started to also change direction. I can't think of a movie or a doc that is perhaps um, so controlled and uncontrolled at the same time. It travels through Zappa's life with ease and excitement. I was in awe and had a shit-eating grin on my face the entire movie. This takes on everything you ever wanted to know about Zappa but were afraid to ask. Do you think Zappa knew Clapton was a racist when he did this recording session with him? Nope. Nope, I'm probably sure not. Not a big part of the movie, but, you know, anytime I can call out Clapton as a racist, I'm happy to bring this up. Gets a Zappa, the musical super genius, who didn't get the respect he deserved, huge, massive fan mondo. One of my favorite lines in the whole movie was, your chance to be a star with one note. Nice. Yeah, no, yeah, it was it was so it was great. I love Frank Zappa as well, um, and the, and I I tried to you know not put my fanboy hat on going into the talk because I knew even if it wasn't great, I was still gonna enjoy like most of it just because it's Zappa. But yep. this was actually really well done, and the the point you make where it does kind of bounce over, and it's kind of you know at some points it's like you're in, you're in like some sort of drug induced sort of state while you're watching this because yeah. it's kind of crazy. And how else would you make a zap? It's so weird that that's the way he was. Yet the guy doesn't do, didn't do drugs, you know. <laughs> but yeah, the whole time he, he, he never he drugs. never he never had to. He just you know he didn't need anything uh, to help his creativity. The guy just was that creative. 
Well, and do you remember, like, I can't remember, but I don't think he drank either. Like, he no. didn't drink. They didn't, like, it was just his creativity caused his weirdness, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, he he was always pushing the envelope about musical sound. And it was kind of funny because we had talked before we are going in. Remember, we, on the way to the theater, and, and I turned to you and said, hey, did you know that uh, a lot of Zappa's musicians also played with Yoko Ono? And then, lucky for us, we got to see it right in the movie. right in the film. It's like I guess that's how they met. They're on the same stage together. There, that's right. They're on the same stage together. I was just like, yeah, yeah. it kind of makes sense, right? Like yeah, Zappa, ono Zappa got together with Zappa. Yoko Ono and John Lennon. They did a little concert, and yeah, then we had some crossover. Yeah, oh man, this is a beautiful doc. Anybody, anybody who loves Zappa will love this film. But anybody who doesn't know Zappa, if you want to know who he is, this is a film to watch. Absolutely. It, as I say, it, it shows you the good and it shows you the bad because he's, he's, you know, he wasn't always the best guy. But um, that he was, was a dick. He was a to- he was sure a total that. dick. Yeah, he was he was a hard. I was sure he was a hard guy to work with too. <laughs> yeah, all of the musician uh, friends. But who is it? Um, under Underwood or under the one uh, percussionist that he worked with? Yeah, I can't was just yeah. blown away. She ch- he changed her life, right? Like yeah. it. It's, uh, it, I mean, I can imagine working with someone that creative. It would change anybody's life. You can't avoid it. All right. And from there, we go to Vanguard, Jim. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, we, we went and saw Zappa at our, at our beautiful independent theater, The Globe. Um, we saw Vanguard at Mainstream Cinema. I actually ended up seeing it at Landmark. I'm not sure where you saw it, yep. but... Oh, sweet. You wanted that uh, Diet Dr. Pibb, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they have many diet options. (laughs) But apparently I wasn't aware of. Yeah, and now you're well aware. So you never want to go back to Cineplex. That's okay. So Vanguard is a covert security company. Yeah. And it's the last hope of survival (laughs) for an accountant after he is targeted by the world's deadliest mercenary organization. They're so deadly. <laughs> Even the write-up for this makes me laugh. <laughs> and uh, we've got the great director slash writer, Stanley Tong, again with his buddy Jackie Chan in this. Yeah. Uh, if I need a bodyguard, I'm going to call Vanguard. They seem to get the job done. How is that, you say? Well, if you have a client and then they get kidnapped, seemingly randomly, by the way, mm-hmm. you need to get him back and protect him. Am I surprised Liam Neeson is not in this movie? Hell yes. He should have been. And <laughs> exactly. It was like a total Liam Neeson movie. Super Cop and Mr. Magoo director teams up with Jackie Chan yet again for the ride of a lifetime. This movie has everything a Hong Kong action film should have. It has Jackie Chan, terrible dialogue, convoluted simplistic plots, lots of kicking, punching, terrible CGI lions, Terrible CGI hyenas. Terrible, terrible CGI. Pretty much everything. Yes. Awful car chases. Awful boat chases. Hoverboards. Skateboards. And the best thing ever, a security company that keeps fucking up and yet still gets to keep their job. Maybe it's because of their seemingly idiotic model for providing non-lethal, progressive attacks on their foes. Yeah. Didn't kill one person the whole movie i didn't even notice that and then even even then i'm not sure anybody actually died except maybe almost jackie chan during the filming in real life a couple times Uh, even though even though all this terrible was happening all the time all the way through it i still found myself laughing at the entire movie and i didn't say with this movie i was laughing at this movie i categorized it as so bad it's funny not funny enough to love it yeah. but I'm giving it a very low mass because I love Jackie Chan still doing his own stunts at 60 plus years old I love you Jackie Chan <laughs> you know uh, you know what you're pretty much saying a whole lot of what I was about to say I kind of feel <laughs> foolish for even going on it but, but I'm going to say it anyways even though I could probably yeah. say ditto and we could get on with the show but Seeing as I, I just want to talk more about it. <laughs> so, I mean, I should have hated this. 
it had bad CGI lines and hyenas, as you, uh, not to mention other CGI stuff going on. It had some really, really bad acting. It had some blatant anti-Western propaganda if sprinkled in, too. I don't know if you noticed oh, that. Totally. Like all through. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yet, still the action was fun. And Jackie Chan has an undeniable charisma. No one can deny this guy's got charisma out the wazoo, man. <laughs> this had ridiculous scenario after ridiculous scenario with uninspired, bland dialogue. But it was still fun. <laughs> it had some of the worst acting you could hire. Yet I was still enjoying yeah. myself. In the opening action scene, we got two of our vanguard heroes getting contacted by their headquarters via their Dick Tracy radio watches. I know. <laughs> complete with them touching one ear as they spoke into the watch. I knew right there that this movie was going to be terrible, but I also knew that that was part of its charm. I kind of found this movie amusing. I kind of thought it was meh. boy. Whoa, is this going to be another episode where we agree on everything? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. There's some docs in here I know you're going to hate and I actually like and vice versa. So. Maybe, maybe. 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 All right. Wait, hold on. Yeah, How we got more. This? Yes. You can do it. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> Let's not do it again, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Ready to move on, my friend? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about Cuff. Let's talk money. about Cuff, yes. So that would be streaming. Streaming. Cuff style. What? We streamed some Cuff. Marie's not here. Talk about football. All right. Well, uh, let's kick it off with one of the, I think, maybe one of the more anticipated docs that was at uh, Cuff Docs this year. It was on all their, was on all their, you know, posters, uh, yeah. yeah, posters and advertising. When you uh, go into the the uh, the opening little spiel they they got, it's the first thing you see. So it is called maybe. Yeah, just, yep. just that crazy that. Let's just say these are all part of Calgrandagram Film Fest actual documentary film festival that happens every November. Every November, and, and it's always worth checking out. It's always worth checking out, and their their website is calgrandagramfilm.org. So you can go and see what played there. Even if we didn't talk about it, you can see that stuff online and, and make sure you check Keep, out the ones yep. that, you, that look good. Keep an eye out for them. So the first one's called He Dreams of Giants from 2019. Um, this is a follow-up to Lost in La Mancha, a film that documented the unsuccessful attempts of Terry Gilliam to bring the man who killed Don Quixote to the big screen. But this time the filmmakers get to film Gilliam's successful effort as he actually finishes the project he conceived of decades before. It follows Gilliam as he struggles with his budget, his actors and nature, and completes his passion project that seems at many points that it was never ever going to be completed. The original Doc Lost in La Mancha was a lot more entertaining than this one. This one sort of mirrored the movie it is based on as both of them or meh. <laughs> so far we're batting a thousand here, buddy. Yeah. He dreams of giants. Well, Terry Gilliam. Who knew Terry Gilliam was so fucked up? Apparently not this guy. But after remembering, he is also the guy who directed Brazil. I should not be so surprised. Yes. Personally, I love Terry Gilliam's films. As do I. And, to a lesser degree, this film about his passion project. <laughs> Seems a bit weird to come out two years after uh, the opus was released, 2018. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Uh, I enjoyed this journey to a degree, but found it a little stale after a while. Uh, I like 
too, but I didn't love it. It's a man, Terry. You need some therapy, man. Yes. Now, have you actually seen this movie, The Don Quixote? Oh, yeah. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote? Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I've seen it. It's uh, underwhelming. Oh, no. <laughs> like, underwhelming as in a rage? Because... It's not a rage. Like, I just... I Did you not listen to me? This one sort of mirrored the movie it is based on, as both of them were men. Yeah, yeah. It's a meh. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, but, okay, uh, yeah. Good. I mean, Lost in La Mancha? That was Bondo. <laughs> Uh, the man okay, who killed Don Quixote, though, uh, yeah, it's it's not terrific. I mean, it's okay. It definitely has, you know, it's a Terry Gilliam film, so it's not going to be all bad. Obviously, it's it's definitely got some good stuff True. in it. But uh, yeah, as it's a as a wanted, right? Because they talk about the budget and it didn't get all the budget it should have. No, or he wanted it to. Not even close. So you know, when you when you plan out a movie at a you know, and you you're planning on spending a certain amount of money, and you come back with a fraction of that money. Uh, you got to kind of change things on the fly and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And, uh, I'm afraid it didn't really work out this time, but that's just one man's opinion. Other people may disagree, but it wasn't great. Well, we may have to talk about it later. So there you go. There you go. Um, well, the next one we saw was Insert Coin. Yes. The oral history of a team of geeks and misfits in the back of a Chicago factory creating the biggest video games, Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, and others. Yes. So, hmm. Another one of these docs where the story about Midway Games is interesting enough. Yes. But since I'm not a gamer... Uh, I did play most of the games they talked about, but as I'm not a gamer now, the passion for Midway is mm, not there. And I think for this doc, you will enjoy it better if you are a geek gamer who loves vintage. For me, it was a meh. But didn't it take game. you back to those days? Yeah, whatever. I I live in the here and now, buddy. I don't live in the past. <laughs> whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> I was kind of bored after about halfway through it. I was kind of like, it's interesting and all. But, you know, this is like the 10th doc we've seen probably in the last two years. It's like, oh, we've got movies about Donkey Kong. Oh, we've got movies about Atari. Yeah, oh, we've but got movies about yeah, the, the Atari one's sort oh, of similar to this. Commodore 64 has got one. No, it's like not a, one it's, after another after another. This was a little, like I thought this was a little different. It was a little more interesting with the takeovers and the, and the this is and the that's. It was, it was all right. Uh, pretty standard Talking Heads doc. I enjoyed watching it. It is a behind-the-scenes look at some of the biggest video games from my youth. I plugged many a quarter into a majority of the games that were discussed. It comes off as a rise and fall of an era type of doc, which are always at least interesting. If you spent a lot of time in the arcades in the 80s and the early 90s, you'll probably really enjoy this. This was a boom shakalaka meh. So we were on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I've, I liked it a little more than you. No, you probably liked it a little bit more, but it wasn't At Mondo. the end of the day, it, no, it wasn't Mondo. What are we talking about? Um, well, let's yeah. potentially talk about one that might be a Mondo. What's that? I don't know. Are we gonna do, are we gonna do the short real quick first? Did you watch oh, Dump, yeah, the short. Dump Matsumoto? Yes, I did. Yeah, so but as I say, well, just uh, really, I mean, she she was kind of an interesting cat, it was, but it was a meh. It, I, I didn't mind watching it, though. It was good. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it, too. Um, good little short about a female Japanese wrestler who has a bad relationship with her father until he dies. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a meh for me. Yeah, it's always amazing to me these people that have like terrible relationships with their father, but they're they're so broken up when they finally don't have their father anymore. It's, well, uh, yeah, and I think in her case, it was a case of um, you know she actually did have a chance before he died yeah. to start to build a, that relationship up, but yeah. I don't know. I'm definitely in the camp of people. If you've got a dick as a father or a mother, come the fuck off. I have no time for anybody that's a dick in my life. All right. On that positive note, let's move on to The Last Villains, Mad Dog and the Butcher. Snap. Yes. 
So this is a peek into the lives of the Vashon wrestling family as told by the surviving member Paul the Butcher Vashon. Fairly intriguing doc about the wrestling business and the toll it takes on the family dynamic. The sacrifices that are made become more and more apparent as the doc rolls on. Anytime I can see footage of Maurice Mad Dog Vashon, it is always a pleasure. Mad Dog's interviews were always entertaining back in the day. The doc also touches upon sisters and daughters that got into the business. Overall, this tale of triumph and tragedy is worth a look. It was meh. Okay, well, first off, I am not a fan of wrestling or movies about wrestling. But this one, I actually loved a lot. Yeah. I love the Vachons. Uh, they're Canadian icons to me as a kid, like not even like as a not even a fan of wrestling. Oh, you but knew them. I do. I do tell you. I watched wrestling as a kid up until I was about 10. And the only wrestling that I liked was the Montreal wrestling on Saturday morning. There you go. So You got a lot yeah, of a Sean. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was getting my full dose. Uh, so it was great to see this doc celebrating Paul, Maurice, Luna, and Vivian. Yep. Uh, what a great man. Great journey and great doc. It was Mondo for me. Wow. Uh, favorite line. We can't stop living because I'm afraid he's going to stop living. Yes. Yeah. By his wife. How heartbreaking was that? She was, she's kind of cool. I, I really liked his wife. Yeah. I liked it. You know what? You know what? And you know, I talk about this a lot and I know you feel the same way a lot. This had in contrast to some of the other docs that we may have found that were meh, just like Zappa, this one got, let you see the complete life and a really well-developed character development of Paul Vachon. It did. It was, it was fantastic. And for me, if I'm going to see a doc about anybody, I want to know them. I don't want to have him brush over stuff and make it all watered down and shitty. This had his, like he said, said about Zappa, it had the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Vachons. And, yep. and they had some both. And what a traumatic experience. He's the last one of his whole, whole wrestling family to uh, to still be around, right? So yeah, yeah I, I really loved it. I I connected with him and his wife, and I thought it was a I thought it was a great doc. Cool. All right, sir. Uh, we have another short that was uh, that was uh, before stalking Chernobyl exploration after apocalypse. Uh, but before that, there was a short called My Brother's Keeper. Yeah. What'd you uh, think of it? French friendship and conversation. Sorry, friendship and con and conversion to Islam through Guantanamo Bay Mondo. I actually screened this as uh, a pre-screen because I'm actually I'm on Cuff uh, screening uh, group. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this short. I thought it was really well done and surprisingly uh, really heartwarming as a very as a very interesting take on on this conversion to Islam through this through this card. So yeah, that was Mondo. All right, it's a you never know where you might find a lifetime friend, Mondo. Oh baby, this is uh, this is good. Yes. Normally you don't like shorts. I so don't like it. a lot of shorts. I think I'm, I think I might be giving a couple Mondos coming up too. So, oh snap! All right, sir, let's talk stalking Chernobyl. All right, well, stalking Chernobyl, stalking Chernobyl. Stalking Chernobyl. Yes. It was a man. <laughs> I don't got much to say about this. Again, I hate to bring this up, yeah. but how many fucking movies have we seen about Chernobyl lately? It's like, yeah, I don't but care. this was a this was a little different. I mean, it's it, no, it wasn't. I've seen like probably seven docs that have almost a similar model about like, I've literally like go on Amazon Prime, go on Netflix, go on YouTube and search docs. And you'll probably find 10, and I've seen probably eight of them. So after seeing eight of them, this is, it didn't bring me anything new. I didn't, there's nothing in this doc that I didn't already know. And it wasn't as good as some of the ones that I, I saw. It didn't make me rage. I thought some of it was okay, but yeah, no, it was a meh for me. Yeah. I, I did find it interesting because I knew too much about it. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting, but no way was it enthralling. Um, a lot of dumb stuff being done. I guess that makes this mildly entertaining. I was shaking my head for a lot of it. Um, but uh, right now I'm also shaking my head and I'm saying, eh, meh. 
you know, it's funny. We get there's a lot of mass going on here today, but you know, it's still glad we got to see some. Of oh yeah. Dogs. Yep. All right, on to Flint. Yeah. yeah, the one that you've been waiting for your whole life. I've been waiting for my whole life. I've been seeing nine thousand documentaries on Flint. I'm getting flinted <laughs> out, man. Oh no. Okay, so yeah, guess what I thought of this one. So Flint, <laughs> this dock revisits the town of Flint, Michigan as it continues to get poisoned by its elected officials by providing its drinking water from the polluted Flint River instead of Lake Huron. Very similar footage as other Flint water docks, but this time we got a manipulative bait and switch from the filmmakers. In fact, we got two bait and switches. On two different occasions in this dock, we are led to believe that a gentleman is acting in the best interest of the citizens of Flint, only to find out that they are out for themselves and could care less about the city of Flint. I guess that is the I guess that is the point. No one seems to be looking out for the citizens of Flint. <sighs> Even if this was a point of introducing these gentlemen by the, by the uh, in the way that they did. It was still kind of annoying. This could have been a short showing that nothing has really changed in Flint. Oh, and by the way, stick to acting, Mark Ruffalo, or at the very least, if you're going to take up a cause, make sure you know who you're teaming up with. Anyways, this was a manipulative meh. Oh, interesting. So, this Flint is a fucking genocide. I don't care what anybody calls it. It is. The only thing great to come out of this is that I actually saw Mr. Potato himself, Mark Ruffalo, appear to have an emotional reaction to anything. And I don't think he was acting. No, he wasn't. Well, but he was still well a doofus. Well done, Mr. Potato. <laughs> now use it for future good. Yes. His, his, uh, his, acting, inten- his intentions were good. Future good acting. Ah. And... Oh, yeah. Thanks, Obama, for showing up in this movie. You are also a dick. Michael Moore already showed us uh, yeah. all this from his movie. So, yeah, it's I, I, uh, actually, of all the Flint docs, I think it had more content about the fall um, for most of the Flints that we've seen. So I kind of like that. Um, but, yeah, ultimately it was a mess for me, too. I, um... I want. I, I, I wanted. I, I wanted it to be better. Yeah, it's true, but it still made me angry. Like all the way, I'm throwing it. I'm like, what the? Why was this even happening? Yeah. Like how? How is someone like allowing this to happen? And then you have a, a fucking president that's supposed to be the future of uh, America who comes, and then he does nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. All right. Let's move on. That's a lot of math. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get some Londos or Rages or something. I need something, man. All right. What do you have to say about Tiny Tim King for a day, my friend? Well, Tiny Tim King for a day. The man, the mystery, the... What the fuck was this? <laughs> <laughs> always respected his weirdness, but always thought of him as a gimmick. Like the structure and the format of this doc. Thought it was fine. Super well. But still, I'm not a fan of his work. It's a mildly entertaining mess. It's like, how did somebody milk 15 minutes of fame for, what, is it 25 years? Yeah, decades, man. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just go through the tulips gets old after a while. I'm you, like, would, you would think. Uh... Apparently not. So, going into this, I knew next to nothing about Tiny Tim. Now I know too much. This was me. <laughs> That's all you're giving us? That's, That's all it? I'm giving you. That's all it's, it was. That's all it deserves. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Unless you have something Wait, really. Okay, give me something more about Tiny Tim. Well, do you really want more detail about Tiny Tim? You talk all you want about Tiny Tim. I'm done. Oh, I don't really want to talk more about him. I just find it very interesting. Someone is creepy and weird and disgustingly 
disgusting as him yep. could have what? And wives? Like, holy cow, buddy. Yes. Like, <laughs> and like the one at the end that kind of was his last girlfriend? Slash, yeah. No, there wasn't. I can't remember. There's so many of those. But Couldn't the one that actually them. left her left her boyfriend to go be with him was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Who can blame her? Like I, I'm so enthralled with him, I'm gonna leave you for him. That was the that was kind of like the icing on the cake for that movie. So I mean, am I glad I saw this? Yeah, because there was a lot of weird shit happening in it that I would never knew. But yeah, it's it's still a man. I'm know, sorry. As I said before, now I know too much. Yeah, you can't hide it. Can't hide from the truth. All right, no visible trauma. This is a local film. Yes, right, it is. Yes, filmed right here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The beautiful city in southern Alberta. That I'm from. All right, uh, documentary that shines a light on the police brutality, racism, and sexism that plagues the Calgary Police Service. Pretty embarrassing that this is happening in my hometown. This doc tells the stories that I've heard over the years, and at every individual time they made me angry, but then you think... Okay, maybe that was an isolated incident. But then when you get all these incidents presented at once in a single movie, it is obvious that these were major problems that needed to be stopped. Important movie that makes the point that no one should be above the law, especially those that are enforcing it. I was not expecting to have an emotional response to this, and I did have an emotional response to this. So because this movie actually did affect me, I guess it makes this Doc Mondo. Hmm. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, what the fuck, CPS? Uh, it's tough to watch some of the injustice in this film. It is, especially it since a lot it's... Of ground. Like, you're, it, you're looking at places that you know, and you're like, fuck, that happened there? I know. Emily's like, what? Uh, it covers a lot of ground. Very regional, though, so it hits closer to home I think I think with us I mean, it's, it's happening everywhere it, this isn't this isn't an abnormality by the sounds of things right I was watching it, it isn't uh, but the then when they were tonight. comparing us to New York and we've got yeah. more shootings and it's like what for, poli- yeah, for mean, police officers but, that's crazy but I mean they didn't also break down you know they didn't break out the shootings for uh, different races it was like there was people in there. Like it was a one of them was a, a a Caucasian dude. There was a black dude that was like so. What was like CPS? It doesn't matter. They're not necessarily racist. They're just assholes. Yes. Well, you, and right? you, the you, built- you don't want to get taken on that Starlight tour. Yeah. No. Exactly. Right. I mean, at minus thirty. Um. It. 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 This isn't just to. A Calgary thing, I don't think. No, it's not, but it's still, you know. It's North American. Because I saw the news the other day, they were talking about um, even our RCMP at at the whole grassroots level of RCMP is sexist and racist. So it's like, things gotta change, man. Like, this this movement of of uh, protecting our citizens has to get better, man. Just has to get better. Uh, I didn't love this as much as you. Again, I've again, I've seen so much movies about cops lately. Uh, I did feel emotionally charged by it, and it did annoy me. But it was just a mess for me. Yeah, fair enough. By the way, what year is it? Uh, this is isn't it this year? No, no. I'm saying, what year is it right now? Uh, 2020. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, this shouldn't be happening. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of things that shouldn't be happening in 2020, but apparently they still are. All right. So from there, we go to something that I got to skip over because I'd already seen it. What? The, sh- the short before Morgana. Oh. We, su- we, watched the- we watched this piece of crap at South by Southwest. Oh yeah, we did. So there's a short yeah. there's a short called Modern Horror and it's just it's disgusting. I hate it. It's a breach. She's Aww. she's a horrible was, person. Yeah, she's not the best. She's um, horrible. I, but she's I, not, she's not a I, feminist in any way. She's just I just no. 
No like. No like. That yeah, was a mess for me. I didn't hate it as much as you. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Who's got her opinion? She wants us to know it. Yeah, well. Now, we haven't seen Morgana before, though. No. And I'm, I was looking I'm, forward to this. <laughs> were you? Yes, I was. I was going to skip it, and then you said, we're watching Morgana, and I said, all right. Okay. So much hope and positivity followed by so much gloom and sadness. This film gives me hope that I can one day become a porn star. Lots going on in this film. Yeah. But by the end of the film, the portrait painted of Morgana is one that is interesting and unique for a 50-year-old housewife turned porn star who suffers from clinical depression. You won't get this storyline every day anywhere. And for that reason alone, it gets an Aussie weirdo, sexy, older lady Mondo. I love this movie. It was just enough fucked up for me to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Good for Morgana. Doc was meh. <laughs> Bad for you? Doc Bad was, Doc, you. Doc was meh. That's it. I'm done. Uh, Let's move it. on. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I'm not unhappy yeah. that I watched it. Right on. But I would like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been unhappy if I didn't watch it either. There you go. That's the best. Yeah, it's just <laughs> wonderful. All right, let's move on to some shorts. Rapid style. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. All right. Well, you list them off and I will spell out my stuff. Darling pet monkey. Hey, it's a Mondo. Mail order monkey. Who doesn't want one? I felt sorry for the monkey. Meh. Okay. Um, now pronounce that. I'm not going to. I'm going to give you the English title. Many bloodlines. Cool indigenous lesbian baby love meh. Not really invested in this couple. Meh. All right. Red Robinson. Eh, it was okay. Interesting Vancouver DJ doc. It was meh. Square doc about a square guy. Meh. <laughs> That's right. Mobby. This, uh, by the way, yep. this, this is my favorite short doc that I screened the this, entire screening. This next one, Malbeek? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a mondo for me. Subway yep. Tragedy, favorite doc of the fest. I loved, loved, loved this movie. Missed the mark with me. Cool visuals, but the gravity of the situation should have been made should have made me care more. Meh. Ah, too bad. That is too bad. That joke isn't funny anymore. Tough times, tough luck, sad, not funny. Meh. I liked it. They're not jeans. They're my own. Mondo. <laughs> okay. Paloma's pit. Uh, sucked up and awesome cats are cool, and so is the stock. It's Mondo. Whole thing had a weird vibe. Meh. Uh, I eh. like weird. Yeah, the vibe was. I just. I. It didn't. It didn't strike me the way it should have. I should have actually cared more, and the, the whole vibe just didn't fit what they were trying to accomplish. But in my cats opinion. are cool. I didn't cats like are it. cool. Yeah, cats. That's all that that didn't achieve that. If that was the message, it, <laughs> I missed it. Uh, Marty, punk rock rules, and so does Marty. Rock on, Marty. That's a mondo. Why do I care about this kid? Meh. <laughs> you don't care about anything these days. Okay. Syn synopsis. Uh, wrestling. Ugh. Calgary Connection. Yay! Doc is meh. Why do I care about this dude? Meh! <laughs> this is your whole... This is your whole stick. I also love this one, by the way. Okay. The Chimney Swift. Uh, historical. Amazing doc about child labor. Mondo! Pretty crazy that this was a thing. Meh! <laughs> 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 All right, and from there we go to Charlie's Lot. Uh, weirdos with cars. I don't get it, but it's still a Mondo. Glad he doesn't live on my street. Mondo. 
All right, okay, we got to unpack this one a little bit. All like, right. If Okay, if this guy lived on my motherfucking street and he had, what was it, 28 cars or 34 cars? Uh, it was a lot of cars. It was like over, I think it's over 30. This guy yeah. would park on the street Yep. in a in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of yeah, parking. Jim, but he gave his neighbors his phone number so they could phone him up and he'd move his car if, if they needed the spot. Yeah, okay, so how much... You know, if he, if he was around. Yeah, exactly, if he wasn't busy with his cars. This guy is a fucking nut job, and, and if this guy lived on my street, there'd be car explosions every I, other day. I'm glad he doesn't if live I on my street. Work, if, if, no, this is what I'm saying is if, if I came home and couldn't find a parking spot, yes. and I knew it was this big bag, his car would be towed or blowed up real good. Uh... He was awesome. I liked him. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's a Mondo, but I would I would literally murder this guy. I, I would not. I would murder him. <laughs> He'd be murderized for sure. He'd be so uh, now that you saw, you saw a bunch of other stuff. We're not going to talk too much about them. But um, did you just want to blast out some of the other ones you saw and what you gave him? Uh, we could do that. That doesn't sound like the worst idea. I'd actually have to see a list of what, 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 what was on. Give me one. Uh, well, we pretty so, much saw everything. Have, and there was a bunch of stuff. <laughs> that we and they were all okay. Some of them were good. Some of them uh, were great. Yeah, give me a second here. I'm, I'm on the, on the site right now. On the devicing thing. Yes. <laughs> all right. So stuff we didn't talk about. Cured. Yeah, it was meh. For Mad Men only, the stories of Del Close. I really like this. It was Mondo. Okay. I didn't see that one. Yeah, you should have, you silly, silly boy. Devil. Uh, you said you saw Love Mobile? I did see Love Mobile. What'd I loved it. It was Mondo for me. There you go. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> so I watched Pair for a Lost Mitten because it won the, the jury prize? Yes. And yeah, it was it was kind of boring. <laughs> it was in it was in black and white, so I had high expectations. Yeah, it's like a given. Yeah. Um. Oh, Spider Mabel, a real life superhero story. I was actually expecting really not to like this, you know, because I hate kids and all. Yeah, who doesn't? I don't hate kids. I just really don't like I them. Do. I just don't like them at all. <laughs> um. But honestly, uh, the first 45 minutes or so of this, it was, I was quite taken with this film. I, it was actually really well done. It kind of drags a little bit at the end. Um, but uh, I'm, really in, I'm really glad I watched it. They offered it as a live stream on 6.30 because at 6.30 on uh, closing night, well, not really closing night, but on November 29th. Nice. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I watched it because it, it was quite good. It was, it was meh, but uh, it was... Uh, it was a very a high man. It was a high man. Uh, do, 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 do. The Dilemma of Desire. Uh, more clitoris talk. Uh, it was, I love clitoris talk. Yeah, it was mad. It had, I already saw that. Was it last year that they showed the clit or whatever it was called? Yeah. It's covered it was, the uh, same yeah. crap. So, you know, it was same fine. Same topic. About yeah. Yeah. And truth or consequence. Yeah, no. <laughs> I got no problem with the clit. Uh, truth or consequences, uh, and it was, it was meh, um, you know, just some just weird dudes hanging around New Mexico that, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe should move, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, so there you have it. So yeah, no, I pretty much saw, and the, uh, the, uh, shorts, I'm not going to go through all the, the, uh, animated shorts, but they were, yeah, there, there was some good stuff in there. Um, but as always, Cuff did deliver. Cuff Docs was a success all in all. I don't think I gave any rages. Oh, wait a second. There might be one that might have got a rage. Give it short. You gave it short a rage. Yeah. Um, enemies of the state. I'm actually going to talk about that in my rage. So I'll save that one. <laughs> Sweet. All right, sir. Well, let's get it on. Let's do it. Boom, 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 boom. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Well, my rage this week is 
it's going to be a little short, uh, only because I don't really want to talk too much about this. But my big rage is why does Hollywood save almost all the really good dramatic films to the last part of the year, trying to squeak it all in? You know why? So they can get in by the time of Oscar buzz. And it pisses me off because we could have been seeing some of this stuff in the summertime. But now we've got to have them all jammed in, and then we don't get any uh, great Christmas horrors. Although uh, the the new um, Mel Gibson one, I think, is going to come to theaters, but it's already out on rental, so I don't know where that what's going to happen with that. But yeah, it's just it kind of annoys me that they wait till all some of the greatest uh, dramas of the year, and they're all jammed in at the end of the year. It's like spread them out through the year. It's got to be fresh in the Academy's mind. You realize that a lot of the Academy are like 90 years old, so you can't be putting it at the beginning of the year because then they'll forget about it. they got to put it right at the end so that... They don't see half of them anyway, so the Academy's a fucking joke. So it doesn't really matter if they see it or not. They're just going to go, oh, I know Meryl Streep. She gets a a vote, even though sometimes she doesn't deserve it because Glenn, motherfucking Glenn Close does. That's, That's... Oh, don't even get me started on that. Don't even get me started. Don't me started. Hey, let me let me hear yes. your juicy rage. You want to hear my juicy rage? I don't know how juicy it is, but I'll give you my rage anyways. <laughs> my rage is 100% juice-free. No! Okay, maybe it's like 20% juice. <laughs> All right, my rage. If you are going to make a bait-and-switch dock, make it, make it effective or do not go down that route. This seems to be done way too often these days, and most of the time it is not that effective. I saw two docks last week that used this device, and one of them was not effective enough to warrant my manipulation in the case of Flint. And in the case of enemies of the state, it was obvious early on that nothing this kid was saying made any sense, which made the way they presented him as a victim super flimsy and ineffective. (sighs) I thought we were actually going to review Enemies of the State, but I can sum it up with this sentence. It was a manipulative rage. Anyhow, if you're going to try to manipulate me, you better make sure it's effective. That's my rage. Whoa, I love it. Yeah, they do this too often these days. Where And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But if you're going to do it, you better damn well make sure that it works. You're sitting yeah. here, you're presenting this guy, and you're building him up. And it's like, oh, this guy's wonderful, and he's done this, and he's super innocent, and blah, 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 blah. Just so they can turn it at the end. And uh, it's just kind of annoying. Um, it's a documentary yeah, it's- still. You know, yeah. it's it's not yeah. a, it's not a dramatic feature. So to have a twist in it, unless it's a natural twist, not a not the the uh, documentary filmmaker trying to manipulate the truth. You know, it's just kind of annoying to me. Yeah, I I actually hate 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 these type of dots. I hate it, hate it. So yep. yeah, I'm on board with your rage. That's why I didn't see this movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, sir. So. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. Haha. Well, I had not seen Shirley. So we can't talk about Michael Stolberg again. Stolberg. Which is actually frustrating me because I really want to see this movie, and unless I want to pirate it, I can't see it, which is pissing me off. Yes. If I could have raged about that again, I could do that all day long. But uh, what I can tell you is I do have some updates. Now, it's not a complete update, but I'm letting everybody know that there is a really good chance that Kelsey Grammer and Denise Richards will make the doubted list. Because I did see Money Plane. Oh, and was it great? <laughs> it was terrible. It's so bad. But it's pretty good. Uh, no, it wasn't even funny bad. It, it was just bad bad. But it was mad. It, 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 
No, it's a super duper pooper rage. Okay, well, make, it was. I will promise you. I can't wait for you to see it. I will promise you. I will that, watch Money Plane this week. That is the best. I cannot wait till you see it. I want to talk about it so much. Right. So that's a little bit. All right, I am going to put forward. I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen two of his movies. Because I thought he fell off the face of the earth, so I haven't. I'm putting forward Terry Gilliam. So, and interestingly enough, he doesn't make that many movies. No. So I'm going back to 1991, which is his eighth. That's his eighth. 91 is eight back. Yeah, and that was the Fisher King. It was a Mondo. Fisher King was Mondo. Uh, Twelve Monkeys, which was a Mondo. (sighs) Of course, it was Mondo. Yes, it was. Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mondo. The Mondo. The Brothers Grimm. I thought it was a Mondo, but you might that may be a killer for you, but I loved it. The Brothers Grimm was meh. All right. Well, uh, Tideland was definitely Mondo. Tideland was Mondo. Uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus was a Mondo for me. It was meh. Okay, well, did you see the Zero Theorem? Yes. And is it a Mondo or is it a meh? It, is it a, has to be Mondo. It is a meh, which makes him no! get, which means yeah. at the end of his career, he got meh, meh, meh for me because his last one, go ahead. Was meh, yeah. It was, was the, the man who killed Don Quixote, which was a meh. Which was meh. So I am so sorry, Terry Gilliam. And no, at, at the rate you put out movies and at the rate that you seem to be kind of your career seems to be dipping, you got to admit the movies at the beginning of his career were a whole lot better than the movies towards the end here. Yeah, it was, he had the um, William Friedkin. The, the yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got a mesmer as I'll put forward just right. because um, I... I love her so much, and I keep forgetting to bring her forward, and that I'm putting forward uh, Veronica Cartwright as mesmerized. Yeah. That's uh, that's a pretty good nomination, actually. I will I will, uh, I will, will concur. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I, um, you know, she's made some stuff that it, I, I actually should go back and look, but it, usually what happens is when I go through the list, I try to get them undoubted or undoubted, and then they just end up on the mesmerized list. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think I went through and did her stuff already. But yeah, oh, way. I just love her so much. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm with you. Okay, well, that's all I'm going to bring forward this week. All right. In the, in the essence of time. In the essence of time. All right. So I guess from there we go to. All right, last time on Rage or Dare, Jim had to pull from the remaining nuggets of rage contained in my most excellent bag. There inside the warmth and comfort of my dainty lopsided bag, he plucked... I haven't read this in advance. That's fantastic. Uh, He plucked the sassy little Will Smith film Wild Wild West. This week, Jim and I need to take a handful of merman rage when he... when we sneak inside his sack for hopefully the presence of rage let's check in with jim and see if he's singing along with will to a happy or sad country tune all right well wild wild west by the way merman does that so much better than i do yeah we miss you mer we want you back uh This had everything you could want from a sci-fi Western comedy. A young, mostly shirtless Will Smith, Kevin Klein in drag, historically accurate in all counts, (laughs) comedy, sassy language, great buddy comedy stuff, almost like an 1860s James Bond Western, including inventions and alike. Plus, it had some of the best character actors ever, including M. Emmett Walsh, who's brilliant in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. And Ted Levine. Yes, 
the James Gum himself plays a bad guy. What a surprise. This was not terrible. It was a mess. Really? Yep. I thought it was all silly and campy, but the character actors in it actually made me appreciate it. There's uh, there's some bad, bad stuff in this. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But, and there's a reason why there's not a second Wild Wild West. But Ken- I Ken- didn't hate it as much. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh in this is just, it's not good. <laughs> he's Kenneth Branagh. Why does anybody normally think he's good? Although he is good. He, what? Yeah, maybe in doing Shakespeare. But when he's not Shakespeare, he's pretty poopy. Ah, oh, come on. Dead Again was awesome. No. No. He's, well, okay. Like I said, he's, he's course, pretty that was about, bad. That he's, was about 40 years ago. but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so was this. It was like 1999, right? So yeah, it's that was like, only 20 oh, years God. ago. Dead Again was like actually, you know, 35 years ago. I, I, I didn't hate Kenneth Branagh in this, actually. I thought he played the villain pretty good. And really? He, had, yeah, I mean, he didn't have legs yeah. right through the whole movie. And the only thing that was missing from this, and maybe the technology couldn't do it, was the fact that he talked about uh, making... Uh, no, I, I think at the very end they did do it. But it didn't show his uh, giant uh, mechanical genitals because he had alluded to that. And I kind of wish that was in it. It would have made it Mondo if that was there. So, so that's, the, the, genitals that's, there. The, that's the only thing that was missing from this movie. So they put uh, that in, and then all of a sudden, this movie becomes a perfect movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's exactly what I would have expected from this movie. All right. I that, wasn't, ex- okay, let's, I wasn't expecting. I, I don't even want to talk about this anymore because you're just you're not taking this seriously. What are you talking about? Don't pull a Murray on me. If you like some of the crap that you've liked lately because of some stupid thing like David Letterman, you're, you're actually saying you liked Canada. something. This is like a opposite of Murray. <laughs> oh Mur, we miss you. We do. Okay, on that note, I've got my hand in Murray's bag as we speak. Oh, is it sweaty? And I'm gonna pull. It looks like I'm pulling out an extra long piece of paper. Yes. Uh, are you in the mood for a little James Garner? Uh, I'm always in the mood for James Garner. He's what about if, what about if James Garner was uh, acting with a with a. Uh, a man by the name of Mel Gibson, and perhaps, oh. and perhaps, Jodie Foster might even be in this as well. What? It, I love all these people. I all know. Together, I, I, exactly. They're is all in the, the same beaver? movie. How could this be? A, now that's assuming that I'm remembering this correctly, but I believe all those people were in Maverick from 1994. Wait a minute. This is kind of like Wild Wild West. <laughs> you're, you're going back to back westerns, my friend. This was 1994, yep. and this had Jodie Foster, James Garner, and Mel Gibson. There you go. Oh, Graham Greene. There's so many great people in this. I can't wait to see this. I watched it back then, and I'm going to tell you, I don't remember hating it. I <laughs> I mean, that was what? Holy crap, that was 26 years ago. But I don't remember hating it. I remember I always loved Jodie Foster. Yeah. So. How bad could it be? I'm looking forward to it. It could be, it could be terrible. It could be the, the non-comedic version of Wild Wild West, maybe. It's based on the TV series because uh, James Garner was Maverick in the TV series, but I think he plays the he plays Maverick's father in this one. I think Mel Gibson is actually Maverick. Yeah, he Maverick. plays Marshall Dane Cooper. Does he? Yep. Uh, all right. So. I can't wait. This is the best. <laughs> it's gonna be good. I maybe. I think it is. Yeah, I go. I go with it's going to be good. Thank you, Murray. I'm looking forward to watching Maverick. <laughs> As am I. All right, and now a word from our sponsor. Canyon Meadow Cinemas, your one-stop entertainment and movie theater experience. Great food, private theater rentals, movies, video games, special events, Christmas parties, and podcasting special events. CMC meets and exceeds all the Health Canada requirements for a safe and healthy physical distancing experience. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a safe and socially distanced seating event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Yep. 
thank you again, thank you for listening. Thanks, the extended film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his assistant vision and photography vid. Leonard Conlon Photography. Listen to us on all podcast streaming sites. Find us at Film Rage YYC at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or on our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please go on social media, Apple Podcasts, our website, or Podchaser, and give us feedback. Or, even better, give us more dares of films for us to see. No matter what you do, please, please make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Rage on.